Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two one hundred in the second inning. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Joining me today on the show is a two-time Olympian for Australia with an international swimming career spanning over eight years. Our guest has competed and medaled at Commonwealth Games and World Championships through his impressive career in the pool, announcing his retirement early this year. It's a massive welcome to Off the Block Swimming Podcast to David McKeon. David, how are you going, mate? Very good. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Hey, not a trouble at all. Obviously, we're all excited about the Olympics at the moment and none more so than yourself with your sister being over there competing and you being a former Olympian yourself. No doubt you you get excited about it. Obviously, you know, everyone's watching everything going on at the moment. Have you gotten around any other sports? We're going to get to Emma. We're going to get to the swimming. Everyone listening knows that's going to happen. Have you gotten around any other sports over the last few days? Uh, yeah, well, obviously, I, I do. I love the basketball. Um you know, all the basketball in the, the US, they're not, they're not up there like they usually are. They lost to France the other day, mm-hmm. which is interesting. So the basketball is going to be really good. And um, I don't mind watching, you know, a bit of the um, Jess Fox. Um, I think she's got, a, she's got a gold medal today. Yeah, she's um, going for it today. Yep. Going for it today. So, so that's pretty awesome as well. So, it, you know, it's different when you're – it's my first time actually watching the Olympics. Uh, I didn't watch when I was younger. Mm. Um, and then the last two Olympics I've been there participating, but you know, it's pretty cool to just uh, sit on the couch. Um, you know, I'm, I mean, Wollongong, so we're in lockdown. You just sit on the couch all day and watch sport, which is, you know, can't be much better than that really. <laughs> well, you mentioned that you've been to obviously two Olympics when you were over there. Did you get to go to any sports to see anything else? Obviously once the swimming had finished for the week, did you get to venture out? Uh, yes, yeah, certainly at my first Olympics, we, I saw, uh, water polo, synchronized swimming, um, obviously the open water. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Did I, I went to a couple of basketball games as well. Um, and then in Rio, it was a little bit more difficult to get tickets um, for things in Rio. But um, I went to a basketball game in Rio, uh, the open water, obviously, again, um, which was absolutely awesome. Um, on the beach there, at, was it Copacabana, um, mm. which, was probably, which is a, a very fond memory of mine. Um, but yeah, you get to get, you get to go around and see a lot of sports. What else did I see down there? A bit of boxing as well. Yeah. Um, which is cool. I watched some boxing it on the Gold Coast at the Commonwealth Games there. Um, the only time I haven't watched anything at the games is Glasgow in, in 14. We, we had to unfortunately come directly back from, uh, the Commonwealth Games there the day after it finished to, uh, get ready for pan packs on the Gold Coast because it was about five weeks later. Yeah. Hey, let's get stuck into the action. Uh, tremendous swim from Emma in the finals yesterday in the 100 fly, getting a bronze medal there. What's your temperament like when you're watching Emma? I mean, we saw famously yesterday, we can't get away from it, Dean Boxall doing his best, you know, ultimate warrior impersonation with, uh, yeah. with Arnie's 400 freestyle. What are you like when you're watching Emma race? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty, I get nervous, I guess, um, you know, the start and things like that. But 
you know, I think, um, you know, she, she, she always has it under control. And she's, she, uh, you can tell, I can always tell when she's a, bit, a little bit too nervous. I think she may be a bit nervous for the semi at 100 fly. Mm-hmm. But, you know, walking out last night, I could tell that she was, she was pretty calm and collected. And, you know, I just, I just kind of just read it off her. And it, it's pretty cool. We just sit here, the, the five of us, me, mum and dad, and my youngest sister, Caitlin, and then my girlfriend, Ali. Um, we just sit there and watch, and which which is pretty cool. And you know, mum's mum and Caitlin yell pretty loud at the TV, but dad and I we just sit back and we just watch it all unfold. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's definitely exciting, isn't it? And you know, yeah. no matter you know how it goes over there, there's some great racing going on. I think it's you know even with the backstroke coming on today. Uh, Bobby yeah, Early exactly. and I were talking about, you know, you could throw a blanket over some of these finishes. I think it is going to come down to touches. And we saw yeah. Emma, you know, she got that bronze by 0.01 from Tori Husk. So it all comes down to these touches, doesn't it? Yeah, it certainly does. And I think the um, that touch of Emma's in the is the heat of the 100 fly. It was like a Phelps Cavic of 2008 um, yeah, yeah, when yeah. I saw that. And that photo um, circled the internet for a couple of days after that. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I messaged Emma during, after that, or just before the finals, like, make sure you get those, those, um, <laughs> those hands on the wall a little bit quicker. eh? And, uh, I guess it paid off. Yeah. It's good advice, mate. Now, obviously yeah. we know Emma's got a massive program relays, hundreds, fifties. So no doubt there's more highlights to come and there's no doubt you'll be around watching all of that. Has anything else caught your eye in the pool from an Aussie swimming perspective? Ah, uh, well, Brendan Smith, you know, he came from, um, was it was he 50th in the world last year? Um, you know, it's a, it's a similar story. I went before, after he saw the heats and he was the fastest qualifier. And um, I was thinking this is going to be another John Seaman moment um, mm. back from 1984. Um, and, you know, he went pretty close to it. Um, you know, but he you know, did an awesome job getting that um, bronze medal. Uh, and then obviously Jack McLaughlin in the 403 just getting pipped. Um, you know, Jack's a training partner of mine when I was at Chandler for, for a few years. So, and, and he's a great guy, a good friend of mine. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty cool, um, I guess, to, you know, for Jack to have some, some success. And um, you can't go past Ariane, really, in that 400 free. She left it, she left it to the perfect timing. Um, that, that turn in the, the turn at the 300 mark um, was really where she broke her, I think, um, mm. In that in that four hundred, so it was pretty cr- incredible to watch that, and you know, see her family, and obviously, and obviously Dean as well. <laughs> well, what was great, I think, about what Dean did was uh, there's no doubt that in every home in Australia, people were doing that. I think everyone just saw him doing yeah. it, like, oh, that that's what we're doing. He's just doing it. Obviously, now a very viral viral stage that's gone around the world. Uh, obviously, again, we need to mention the four by one uh, that Emma was a part of. Um, world record on on finals night uh, number one must have been a big moment as well. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, Emma, you know, backed up after that hundred fly semi, um, uh, going third leg in that in that relay, and that relay's been you know it's been the three gr- the three girls really for. Um, for, for a long time now. We were talking about it the other day, actually. I think Emma made her first open uh, long course team in 2013 and qualified for that relay. Mm-hmm. And I think she may have swum the final and they got second at World Championships. And then pretty much since that point onwards, they've pretty much had the, I guess, the stranglehold on that event. Um, uh, yeah, well, 2012, they won didn't they? So I think, um, 
2013, she um yeah she she was a part of that team. Obviously, she didn't make the team in 2012, but um yeah, you know it's 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 it's, it's um had had a lot of history that event, and you know Emma, the all the girls did a great job, and including the girls in the morning, because you know without those girls in the morning, um you know you can't rest those those uh, two girls to um you know go 51 threes and 52 O's at night. So um you know it's a team event. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, little Molly O'Callaghan swam a really fast uh, heat swim in her leg in the morning. So 100%, yeah, mate, it's, it's definitely six medals, not four. Now, obviously, you've retired from swimming earlier this year, and we'll get to that in a minute. But, mate, with the action being on in the pool, do you get itchy feet? Do you like? I know a lot of, you know, even long-time uh, retired swimmers always see the Olympics around and they start, you're thinking, oh, I could have actually beat that time if I was still going. Do you, <laughs> do you watch it and think, oh, mate, I'd love to just dive back in one more time. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, you know, I watch it and I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I'm missing out or anything like that, but, you know, it's, it's an exciting time, but I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's I guess it's a little bit bittersweet. Um, I mean, I'm enjoying, I'm still, you know, heavily involved in the sport, you know, um, you know, Emma's representing our family there now as well. So um, I guess, yeah. I don't, I don't get your feet and wanting to, to race and things like that. I, I more enjoy the training and the friendships and the journey of swimming really. And, um, you know, I'm still, still doing a bit of swimming, um, during this lockdown. Um, I've done a lot of ocean swimming, uh, just this morning I got out of, um, Wollongong Harbour with Jared and um, we swam about two Ks along the beach and back, um, and uh, it was it was a little bit fresh, probably about fourteen degrees. But I was gonna uh, say, what's the temp like, you crazy bastards? <laughs> yeah, wake you up, wake you up, and, and um, oh, in, in the mornings, which, which is great. And you know, it's cool to I guess you know swim with Jared. He's he's one of my best mates, and yeah, it's, it's a definitely something that I'll continue to do for the rest of my life, which is which is the most important thing to me. I think. I think you bring up a great point there, mate. That you know, obviously, swimming and is. Uh, heavily at the moment focused on competitiveness and the Olympic Games, but so many of us, and myself included, not to your level at all, I certainly swam to a state swimming level, but definitely I trained because I enjoyed being around my mates for the week and having a good time and the banter and uh, the good times we'd have when we go to meets as well. So I think you make a good point. That it's not just about the competition, it's about the friendships we make in that club land yeah. as well. It certainly is. I think, um, you know, people... There's a, there's a massive following of people that do just having having a swim and jumping in the pool and um, you know swimming on their lunch breaks or jumping in the ocean and having a swim and I've um, recently I also live up in Sydney at, at Bondi and I jump in there and a couple of weeks ago I jumped in and I was probably about 150 people swimming laps of um, the bay in Bondi um, and it's just incredible to see so many people you know enjoying swimming enjoying the sport um, which is great. Now, mate, we know that you're uh, from a famous pedigree with mum, Susie, and, and dad, Ron, obviously being Australian representative, Com Games and Olympic Games level. How helpful yep. was that to you during your career, especially around those sort of big moments like your first Olympics in London? I mean, with all due respect to all the other parents out there, they all say, I understand what you're going through, but let's be honest, they've never been to Olympic Games or a Commonwealth Games. In your case, genuinely, when mum and dad said that, yeah, they they did understand what you were going through. How helpful was that to you during your career and now with Emma in Tokyo? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's, it's I guess it's part of the story, isn't it? Um, I never really asked for much advice from them. I think they kind of just um, I, I, I can't really recall really, but it was more just really just um, 
them just supporting us. Yeah, they, they do know what we're going through um, and they understand everything, you know, much more than a lot of other people do really. So um, it, it's, it's great. You know, we do talk a lot of swimming at times when we're all together um, and we always have. But, uh, you know, I like to think that, um, you know, I, I came to the sport pretty late in, in my swimming career and I, I started because Emma inspired me um, when she was, you know, uh, part of the Australian, uh, what was it, 2010, she went to uh, Dubai um, for World Short Course as a 15-year-old um, in December. And it was at that point in 2000, at the end of 2010, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll give, um, I'll give swimming a go. And uh, I started swimming and then um, I had some success and went to the Olympics and Emma, you know, jumped in and out of the sport and stopped. Uh, and then she came back to it because she watched me at the Olympics. So I, I like to think that I inspired her and, and, and she inspired me for, to get to start swimming and get back into swimming, which, which is pretty cool. And, you know, mum and dad have always been so supportive of us doing whatever we wanted. We would never, you know, mum and dad were never, never those parents to get us up to go swimming. They were, it was like, you know, we had to do it if we wanted to do it. And if we didn't want to, um, they didn't care. I can, I can recall many times that dad used to come to my room and be like, oh, you're coming this morning? You're like, no. Nah. I'm not coming this morning. I'll sleep in, and you know he didn't care. We, he probably did a little bit deep down, but um, yeah. you know it was it was it was our journey, and you know which which is great. So yeah. Oh, mate, you mentioned casually there that you went to the London 2012 Games. Obviously, what a great uh, honor that was, and a great achievement for you. For all the listeners out there who have never been to Olympic Games, and other than getting a ticket to go to the 2032 Brisbane Games and sitting in yeah. the stands, you know we're probably not going to be able to go. You've been there twice. Give us a little bit of an insight into what's going on in Tokyo at the moment from an athlete's perspective. Obviously, taking out of the, that it's a COVID time and, I mean, there's no way that anybody could prepare for all the COVID tests and all the different, you know, things that put Dean, he's probably going to get in trouble from yesterday, ripping his mask off and breaking yeah. through barriers. So there's, we, we know there's a lot of sort of protocols in place. Outside of that, though, what's it like from an athlete's perspective at Olympic Games? Uh, well, the village is like Disneyland for adults, really. Um, I think, um, you know, there's absolutely everything you can ever imagine in the village. Uh, you know, there's, I, I never went to any of these things, but a lot of the girls did, you know, there's nail salons, there's hair salons, there's, um, you know, you can go and get x-rays, you can get MRIs, you can get, um, I'm not sure if they still have it, but um, they did have free McDonald's at the two Olympics that I went to. So that's a pretty cool thing to explore in the second week. Um, did but, you, did you, yeah. how many nuggets did you have? Cause I, I know there's uh, a big nugget challenge that challenge. goes on and there's yeah. people counting. I mean, I've heard of hundreds, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, if I there's a hundred nugget. There's a hundred nugget challenge on the Australian swim team. Um, and I think that's been completed by, um, Kenny Monk. Yep. Um, I don't, I I don't think, doubt uh, that. <laughs> and I I think uh, Ned McKendry, I do recall Ned McKendry um, attempting it uh, in 2012. Um, he, uh, but I don't, I don't recall him finishing or maybe I think he maybe finished and then maybe two minutes later they all ended up back on the ground. Yeah, I bet they did. Um, yeah, <laughs> but the, the, village is, um, the village is certainly something else. Um, but, you know, just going and watching other events and you know, everyone thinks you go to the Olympics and you stay in these like five or six-star hotels and it's absolutely incredible. But it's, you know, the village is awesome, but sometimes, you know, the, the actual accommodation isn't as, isn't as great as everyone thinks mm. it, it would be. Um, you know, London, 
it was it was very good. Rio, you know, I can tell you stories about you know they there was concrete. All the people that built the village put concrete down the toilets um, just before it started because they weren't happy with the pay they were getting to build the village and things like that. And um, you know, there was sewage leaking into the pool and you, into the um, pools in the village and things like that. So you know, but everyone's in the same boat. It's um, you know, it's it is what it is, and you have to you're there to do a job. So uh, you know, you stay away from those type of things, the the village pool. And, and those type of things before your race. But I guess after your race, it doesn't really matter if you get sick. Yeah, well, you mentioned a good point about obviously the conditions. Famously, there's been a lot of talk about the beds over there in Tokyo, mate. Has Emma spoke to you about the cardboard beds? Uh, no, nah, she hasn't. I think the, the swimmers have got um, uh, air weave mattress toppers or a couple of mattress Thomas toppers to put on top of the bed. She said they are pretty hard if you didn't have them. Uh, but yeah, there, there's all those, there's, there's stories every year, there's stories about the beds or, you know, um, things relating to the beds and things like that, which I won't mention, but, um, you know, it's, uh, I guess the, the Japanese, if, if any country is going to do some type of recyclable thing, it's going to be the Japanese, which is pretty awesome. You mentioned a pretty good point there, to be honest with, with all the different things that go on and things that are out of your control. This year in Tokyo is probably an excellent example of that with COVID and all the different protocols in place that are, you know people aren't used to. How important is it to be able to still stick to your guns and overcome those sort of adversities and not let them get in the way of your performance? Yeah, like the different distractions, um, you know, walking through the village, you know, you see um, superstar athletes and you want to get a photo with them and, you know, hang out with them and all those type of things. But I guess, you know, it's, it's easy to get distracted by those things, um, but, you know, you're there to do a job. So it's, um, you know, you just got to think, you know, once the swimming, once your event's over, obviously it's a little bit different this time. You can, and things, you can go and explore the village and go and do different things and different attractions and things like that. But, you know, if you, if you go there and you just, you know, continue your same routine, don't change much. You know, the, the dining hall has every food you can ever imagine um, usually. So, you know, you don't really have to change, change much with um, nutrition and things like that. Um, which is great, but, you know, if you, you know, you train at home and you go from home and you go to the pool and you come back and things like that, it's pretty much the exact same. And all you, the only difference is you're sleeping in a different environment and you don't have to drive to the pool. You jump on a bus and then you go in and out of security. That's the only difference. So you just got to think about it that way. And I think, you know, it's the pool's always going to be 50 metres long. It's always going to be heated to, I think, the FINA heated, temperatures like 26.7 to 27.2 degrees it has to be or something like that and it's always going to be 10 10 lanes wide so as long as you can keep some type of routine um you can't get too distracted i think i think it's a very good point you make there and i mentioned in the open i made that you're part of the aussie team for many years representing your country at world champs com games olympics when you look back at some of the highlights of your career you know what do you see them as from your perspective i mean uh, you know, I could rattle them off myself. That's from an outsider's perspective. For you, you know, looking back at your career, what are some of the highlights? Um, I think, yeah, definitely like the Commonwealth Games in 14, you know, getting getting a gold and a, a silver medal, the World Championships, getting a medal in the relay and you know, making an Olympic final um, a, f- a few times in Rio um, and, and things like that. And, you know, being part of that 4 by 2 team, um, which, which has been awesome. Uh, you know, I can't, I can't think of one actual highlight um really but you know i think early in your career in my career personally i was you know everything was always looking after you achieved one thing or you know 
went to the Commonwealth Games and went to the Olympics is always like, you know, looking ahead and like, you know, trying to be get better again next year and then achieve, you know, make the team again next year and then swim at the World Championships and things like that. And it wasn't really until, um, I guess, the last few years of my career when I was really just like, oh, I've actually done a fair bit and um, appreciated what I've done um, mm-hmm. and enjoyed I enjoyed the journey and things like that. And um, I guess that ta- that's, comes with age, um, I guess, you know, enjoy and um, time in the sport, you start to enjoy it and not take things for granted, um, which I started to, which I started to do probably around you know, 2016 um, as well. So yeah, it, it's, it's a great, it's a great journey and it's something I'm very proud of. And you know, I'll remember obviously for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And so you should be, mate. Now, Brisbane 2032 is a very exciting prospect for Australia, especially for those young swimmers coming through in the training pools right now. You've been to a home com games on the Gold Coast, not quite the Olympics, but still a pretty big occasion. How was it with the home games? How excited are you for 2032 in Brisbane? And what can athletes look forward to with having a home games? Ah, uh, yeah, a home games. That was really uh, that was my last Australian team was 2018. So, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. You know, everyone's obviously cheering for the, for the Aussies. Um, the Olympics is, you know, 10 times bigger than the Commonwealth Games. So it will be even bigger uh, in, in Brisbane. And um, it's, it's pretty awesome that, uh, I guess, you know, it's, uh, I actually deliver these school talks to Brisbane, to Queensland kids when I was living up there. I did about 50 schools through the AOC and, it was delivered at um, kids' age in years four to six. Uh, it was called Olympians Unleashed. And it, those type of kids in years four to six are going to be the kids that are going to be in 2032, around that, you know, 20 to 24, 25 years old, and they'll be at the peak of their career. But, you know, going to the Olympics, you know, you don't have to be a professional athlete. You don't have to be a swimmer. You don't have to be the best. You can, you know, you can be part of the – you can be part of the um, – the volunteers, you can be a sports scientist, you can be a, um, a physio, you can be a doctor, a coach, obviously, and all those type of things. And it's going to be absolutely uh, incredible for, for Brisbane, um, you know, um, along, the, along the brown snake there in Brisbane, which is um, pretty iconic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's going to be a pretty great games. And, you know, the, the hype in the, and the lead up to, to the games in Brisbane is, is going to be massive. Um, I can recall when I was uh, when I was young in 2000, the lead up to 2000. Um, you know, I've obviously lucky enough to have my parents um, and obviously my uncle heavily involved in the sport. Um, and you know, we, my dad um, was on the board of swimming back in the early 2000s, late 90s, and we would go to all the um, swimming events. Uh, I remember the uh, the Qantas skins or the Pan packs in um, 1999 at the Sydney Olympic pool. Mm-hmm. And we all had um, the five of us. We had uh, like VIP passes to go down on pool deck and things. Um, there was a separate stand on the pool deck where they had a machine before and things like that. And up in the stands, they had these socks on every single seat. It was like green and gold socks, obviously getting ready for the Olympics the next year. And you know, our seats didn't have anything like that. So I went up there and I probably stole about 30 or 40 of these socks um, from every single seat up there. And then I took them, um, I brought them back down. And, you know, I wore those socks for about five years after that. Um, but that, you know, just, just the lead up to, to, to a home games is, is, is incredible. And obviously, um, you know, you have people like Thorpey, um, you know, Klimmy and Grant and Susie and, 
and all those superstars competing into home games, it just makes it that much better and, and that much more exciting leading in. And then obviously they, they all performed incredible at those games as well. You make a good point in terms of, you know, the hype that it brings and obviously that competitive nature. How important do you think it will be for Australian swimming leading up to 2032, given that it's a home games, spots are on the line, people want to be a part of that, no doubt. People that are, you know, going to still be on the team from past, you know, years and people that want to break into the team to to have a home games. You look at, you know, 28, uh, 2008, 2012, 2016, a lot of the home um, nations always have a pretty big Olympics. You look at 2012 in London. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see that for Australia as well, leading to 2032, just a big surge in swimming again? Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. Like it's, they've cre- created such a great culture at, at the moment, um, just through the years um, swimming in this country. And I think, you know, um, I don't know, there could be a couple of the kids that are on the team this year that it could be swimming at, the Olympics in 2032, you never know. Um, you know, obviously Kate's going to her fourth Olympics and, and Seabom as well. So what's that? That's, that'll be four if anyone's a part of the, if anyone's a part of this team, that'll be four for them. So, and, uh, you know, to think that the people that are there probably as rookies this time uh, could be, you know, the next Kate or Emily going to their fourth Olympics uh, is pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, the, the lead up to it is going to be great. And, you know, hopefully they can, um, you know, put together some great um, international meets, you know, bring, bring back those Qantas skins meets and, um, mm. and those type of things, which, which will be great. And, you know, maybe that Australian ISL is, is something similar to it um, and that can grow over the years leading into it, which will be great. And, um, you know, that, that, that's what really creates the hype because those, um, those you know, names I rattled off before, those, those were household names. Everyone knew about those those people leading into 20 into the 2000 Olympics because um, they were so well known because of all those different meets that, that were leading into to the Olympics and creating so much hype. And, you know, hopefully swimming can do that and um, perform well in 32. Absolutely, mate. I think even to your point, uh, I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I was lucky enough to be in the stands at Homebush when Libby Trickett led off um, uh, a mixed relay and she was oh, next yep. to Michael yep. Phelps. It was a jewel in the pool. Yep. She was mm-hmm. the first woman to ever go under 53 seconds. The, the place went nuts. And the stands genuinely, genuinely, sorry, were packed. It was like a, a yeah. football game. It wasn't like, you yeah. know, we're just going out the home bush on a, on a Saturday and, you know, everyone's tired and bored and thinking, why are we here again? This was, it was a footy game. The, the atmosphere was uh, electric. And uh, I think, great point, mate, we need to bring that back, and especially leading up to 2032. Yeah, certainly. I do, I do remember that when she... Um when she went with um with, with Phelps there, they didn't they never recognised it as a world record though. Um, no, they didn't, and they announced yeah. that at the pool, and everyone started booing, and yeah, yeah. Was, we weren't happy. We weren't happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, so I mean, I, a few more of them. Yeah, exactly. I can't let you go without mentioning and chatting about uh, the McKeon Swim School. Um, mate, great work from you and your family. They do with Swimming New South Wales and down the South Coast, yourself, Emma, uh, Wes Roberts, who we're seeing uh, representing the Cook Islands in Tokyo, Jared Port. How proud are you of, of what you and your family are, are doing with the Swim School and what you're continuing to do and leading, you know, probably t- towards 2032 with, with the new stars coming through? Uh, yeah, it's really exciting. You know, it's great to be, you know, a part of uh, something like that and what mum and dad have created here in, in Wollongong and um, in New South Wales and things. You know, it's it's something 
I think my pop actually started it back in like 88 and now it's grown to what it is today. And we do over, you know, over 4,000 swimming lessons per week, uh, which is, which is pretty incredible. And, you know, now I, I, I do really like that focus of learn to swim and water safety and all those type of things, because, you know, I've been privileged enough to, you know, learn to swim and know how to swim so well. And I'm not scared of the water or anything like that, but, you know, there's thousands of kids around, around this great country um, that, you know, are scared of the water or don't know how to swim and those type of things. So, you know, it's great to be us doing our part to give back to the sport and, you know, you don't have to be a champion to swim, you know, you just have to be, be safe and, you know, go, you'd be, you know, be safe enough to go down the beach and, um, you know, swim between the flags and, and not end up on Bondi rescue um, as one of the, as one of the um, people getting rescued and things like that. So, yeah, that, that's kind of what I, what I you know, look forward to in the future is, I guess, growing that and being a part of that, which is, which is great. Um, you know, and having, you know, lead up to 2032, you know, they'll continue to do things around water safety and, and things like that. And, you know, there's always more that can be done, I think, um, around those type of things because drownings are just, drownings are something that can be, can, you know, can stop, you know. There's no, there's no reason why people have to drown at all. Hey, absolutely. Great point. We're surrounded by water. I think everyone That's it. Um, should learn how to swim. Hopefully we can get back in soon. As you said, we're in lockdown, so we're not able to, to get to the pool and, and do what we love to do. But hopefully once that kicks back off again, we can get more and more people in the pool learning how to swim. Now, mate, I want to finish with a bit of fun. Obviously the games are on. Obviously we've got some big races on. So I want to see hear some bold predictions from you. Just chuck it out there. Don't worry. No one's going to remember this. No yeah. one's going to look back and say yeah. you were wrong. Uh, Bobby Hurley and I famously now have put out two prediction um, preview sort of shows and we were almost yeah. wrong on every single one. Most of the ones we said were winning probably didn't even make the final. So yeah. <laughs> don't worry. You can't be as bad yeah. as me and Bobby. So looking ahead, uh, obviously, we, we are going to have the women's 200-metre freestyle coming up. We had the 400. We saw how that finished. How do you see the women's 200 meter finish? Is it going to be a race between Ledecky and Tipness again? Is there going to be an upset? Yeah, well, before the um, the heats last night, I would have said um, Pellegrini would be up there as well. You know, she's been, I think she's medaled at every international mm-hmm. um, world Olympic, record holder. Yeah, world record. She's medaled at every international um, meet since like 2008 or something like that in the 200 freestyle. Um, so I would have said she's up there, but she just scraped through a 16th. So, you know, you can't go past Ariane. She's, you know, she's swimming life. She's swimming very, very well. Um, you know, she went 153 at the trials. It, it will be a race between those two, um, which, which is great. And, you know, it maybe might be a little bit closer, obviously the, uh, a little bit shorter distance. Um, there might be a few other people that might challenge them early on. Um, you know, the Canadian girl, might drag them out a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, those two girls having that, that 400, 800 um, background will definitely be able to peg her back, um, uh, which is great. And, you know, they may go low 53s, which will be, which will be incredible. Two people go low 53s um, will, be, will be pretty awesome. It'll be a great race, just like the 400. Well, they're going to push each other, no doubt. And just, yes. just something interesting, mate, from a uh, observation. No doubt Katie Ledecky handled herself very well, gracious after getting beat. But there yeah. is no doubt in my mind watching her and anyone that paid attention, she was not happy to have finished second. No, she certainly wasn't happy, I don't think. But um, <laughs> I think that, was, that showed in the um, 1500 heats. You know, she 
um, smash those 1500 heats. She was like, I'm not going to leave anything to chance anymore. And what is she? No one's even going to go close to that time um, in the final. Um, I don't think so. You know, she's, she's definitely favourite for the 15 and the 8. Um, and it's, it'll be a tough arc for anyone to get anywhere closer in the 15. Now, Ariane will probably challenge her, um, possibly get her in the 800, uh, maybe even. But, um, you know, she, th- those, dis- those longer distance events, she's, she's very good. And, you know, the, even the 4 by 2 is going to be a great race between us and the Americans. Um, we're probably the favourites favorites at the moment with the times the, the girls are going and things like that. So, mm. yeah, it's, it's going to be extremely exciting few days for those um, distance events. It's, it's, it's funny, like um, Ledecky, what did she swim yesterday? Just in one day alone, she swam 2.1 kilometres. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's ever been done at the Olympics for sure in one day. That's a massive program she has, isn't yeah, it? It is. It is. She has a huge program. And, you know, I was reading an article this morning that the um, – I don't know what it was. It was someone, some American paper was complaining the fact that Katie had to do 2.1 kilometers of racing in one day. And I was like, well, it's the Americans that have made it this way anyway, having NBC being the broadcasters. Um, so it's pretty funny that they're now complaining that she has to race so much in one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So I mean, I think the interesting part of it, and you would see it yourself being on the team and being surrounded by by so many great swimmers, is that the the best, the great swimmers, hate losing more than they enjoy winning. So I definitely think we're going to see uh, some sort of a, a fight back from the great Katie Ledecky. Mate, we'll move on. What about the the men's hundred freestyle? We saw a bit of a somewhat of a preview, I guess, in the relay. Um, yeah. We saw uh, Dressel kick off with a forty seven two, pretty slick. We saw obviously Kyle with his his incredible performance to anchor the team into a bronze medal. Um, Zach Apple went pretty quick for the Americans as well. Yeah, just six, as a side six, note, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you see that one? Yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be a good race. Um, it's gonna be that's gonna be very good actually. The that hundred freestyle. Yeah, I don't know. It's you know I would have said I would have said um, you know Dressel, but you know Kyle is Kyle is on. Kyle is certainly on. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be great. And I I think the hundred fly will be before that or during that, the semis maybe around it. So maybe Dressel might, you know, be a little bit tired from that or something like that. And Kyle might be able to get him, which would be, which would be, which would be absolutely awesome. Um, but you know, like Kyle loves swimming from behind. That's why they put him anchoring that relay. Um, you know, I would imagine he'd probably anchor the four by two as well. Mm -hmm. Um, if, if, if he swims that. You know, he's, he's absolutely incredible swimming from behind, um, as we've seen. So anything can happen. He's a racer at trials, you know, in that 200 freestyle. Um, when he won that at trials, he just came out of nowhere, really, in that last lap and just, you know, um, touched out all the boys. Um, and, he, and he does that time and time again. Yep. So I would never um, count out Kyle to, um, you know, for that, for that gold medal as well. You know, the Americans... Are swimming, are swimming very quick. That you know, Zach Apple, you know, you don't really know what he's going to going to be able to do. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a great race. And there's that young uh, boy. Where's he from? Um, Romania. David Romania. Popovici. Yep, yep, yep. Forty-seven yeah, three. He went in his uh, yeah over in uh, in Europe. I think it was. Yeah. So he's got the fastest time coming in. Yeah, yeah, he does. So you know, who knows where he can go? Um, so yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, those forty seven 
you know, it was 47.5, Kyle won in 2016. Um, so, you know, it's going to take obviously a, a, a bit quicker than that, a lot quicker than that, I think, with all these other boys going low 47s these days, uh, which is going to be inc- pretty incredible to see. But, you know, just watching Dressel in that leadoff, um, in that relay, he's, his skills, that, you know, his start, he comes off the start like, you know, half a body length in front of everyone. Mm. He's incredible off the start in the turn. Um, which, you know, he's got to be the favourite for the 50. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, sure. mate. Now, listen, I'd, I'd ask you for a prediction in the women's 100 freestyle, but I don't want to put you on the spot and we already know uh, who, who, <laughs> yeah. who would be rooting for. They're obviously the Australians. Yep. I have Kate Campbell in there as well and in a fourth Olympic game. So uh, yep. I'm just looking forward to, as we said before, the race and the racing itself. Penny Alexiak, I've had her on the podcast and she's obviously in pretty good form. We saw her already. So... Um, yeah. That's going to be an exciting race, mate. I'll leave it there for you. I know you've got um, another podcast to jump on. You're jumping on with Brett Hawks live coverage for the final. Say hi to Brett for me. He's a big fan of Off the Blocks. He loves yeah. it. Can't get enough of it. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for coming on for a chat, mate. You're a two-time Olympian, which is an incredible achievement uh, and one that you should be very, very proud of. Good luck for the rest of the week for you and your family cheering on Emma and the Aussies as we all are at home as well, mate. And thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers, buddy.